today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. I want to talk about uh, the controversy, and it certainly is a controversy, with Clearview A1. This is not a new concern. I, I can remember doing a show about this a couple of months ago, about people that were taking uh, pictures, of, random pictures of people, and, and, and photographing them inside, well, some of the malls in the area. Uh, without their permission, and there are certain privacy issues. Well, the federal privacy commissioner and three of his provincial counterparts say that the American company Clearview A1 broke Canadian privacy laws with its facial recognition technology. Now, the federal provincial probe concluded that the company has amassed huge numbers of images without consent, and then they say they tried to sell that service to law enforcement. Jill Clayton is Alberta's privacy commissioner. She took part in the investigation. Here's what she had to say. And I think one of the things that the public might find um, particularly egregious about this is that Clearview said that what they were doing was for a law enforcement purpose, and yet Clearview is not a law enforcement agency and in many cases uh, was not even a service pr- provider in the sense that nobody had signed up or, or bought their service. They were offering these, these trial accounts. Uh, this is a, a major concern for a whole lot of reasons, and to try to uh, give us some focus on that, we're pleased to welcome to the program Dr. Teresa Scassa, who is a uh, Canada Research Chair in Information Law and Policy and the Faculty of Law at the University of Ottawa. Uh, doctor, thank you so much for the time. Glad you could be with us today. Oh, you're very welcome. I was reading some of the overview on some of the arguments that are going back and forth on this, and let's let's talk about our concerns as citizens, first of all, and 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 the issue of privacy and and the fact that that well what this company was basically doing was using our images and selling that property selling that information or at least they say they were anyway we'll get into the fact that they seem to to have a different opinion on that but why should we be concerned about this well for for so many reasons um you know social media sites invite people to share information to share photographs updates uh, and people have taken to social media as a way of staying in touch with friends and family and maintaining relationships over distance and, uh, you know, and just as a form of self-expression and communication. And the practices of Clearview AI using data scraping were to harvest um, photographs, you know, uh, from these websites to uh, to create this massive uh, facial recognition database that was then being repurposed for uh, essentially surveillance purposes, and I think the commissioners refer to it as um, as a tool of mass surveillance. And, you know, when, you, when, you, when you're posting that picture of, of, you know, the family at grandma's 80th birthday, um, you're not doing that so that all, the images of your, your family members can be part of a, a you know, a massive facial recognition database. But there's some arguments here. As I said, the, the lawyers uh, for this company, uh, Mr. Mitchell, apparently, is the lawyer for Clearview, and uh, uh, he says, uh, what was it, uh, essentially, to use your example, he says, look, at you, you, you're you on Facebook. Nobody seems to have a big problem with that, and you are giving permission. You do say, I accept that, uh, So, you know, and we don't know where that information is going to go. So he says, "What's essentially, his argument seems to be, what's the big deal here? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and that, and I think that's a that's a very dangerous sort of argument. And so our our data protection laws are built on this idea of consent, and the idea, you know, what be underlying that is this idea that we as individuals still have some degree of control over what is done with our personal information. Um, and uh, and while people will argue, well, if you're out in public, then you are implicitly consenting to being observed or photographed or whatever by anyone because you've gone out in public, just in the same way that if you put something on a social media site, you're implicitly consenting to anyone doing anything they want with that. And I think that those starting assumptions are simply wrong. Um, when people go out in public, they may understand that 
that they can't stop other people from looking at them and observing them, but they don't necessarily expect to be filmed by drones or um, fi- you know filmed and recorded by other people and having those images used for uh, a broad range of other purposes. Right? There's a there's kind of a social contract there, and it's the same way with with posting on social media sites. The social media sites allow you to post a photograph one day and take it down the next day. Um, but if in the meantime your photograph is scraped and goes into a massive facial recognition database, I mean, you know, where in that transient sharing of the photograph did you consent to that? Um, did you agree to that? Where was that part of your expectation? And so I think, I think it's, it's uh, very facile to say, well, you know, you put it, if, if you post that picture, then anyone can do anything they want with it. Where do you, let's talk a little bit about why they're doing this. And because uh, we've had the debate for years now, I think a lot of us naively back in the early days of, of social media, Facebook and, and things of that nature said, yeah, what's the big deal? I mean, first of all, initially we thought, well, nobody can see it but me anyway. <laughs> we, I think we, that would have got blown out of the water pretty quickly. But then we said, well, okay, so there's information there. And we know that Facebook shares that information and other social media sites face it. And so, but who cares if the world knows that I like pizza with pepperoni on it? I mean, like you know those are my likes and dislikes and if they want to share that and make sure that i see lots of pizza ads who's getting hurt but this is this is taking it i was going to say a step further it's quite a few steps further isn't it yeah it is um and you know it's it's um it's basically taking your images and using them uh, as the commissioner say to build this uh this mass surveillance tool and um and of course once your image is in that mass surveillance tool then it can pop up in searches and of course there's no you know from an individual perspective um quite apart from the fact that your own conception your own sense of of how you're sharing your information and how you're communicating your information to your friends and family may be completely disrupted by this behavior um and it's contrary to the terms of service of those sites they they um, you know the social media platforms basically said they don't accept clearview ai scraping images for these purposes their understanding with their users is that they're not going to be done, used for those purposes so it goes against all of that for one thing and then you end up in this massive um, surveillance database and and who knows what consequences that's going to be have for you down the road when you know uh, you don't know how accurate or reliable it is when it spits up um your face in response to uh, some law enforcement query. The other thing, of course, there's a whole other side of this, which is the the total lack of transparency in terms of how it was uh, being used by um, law enforcement, uh, um, police services and law enforcement personnel. Um, and that's really troubling and disturbing as well. I mean, that's a, that's a whole other piece of the <laughs> of the Yeah, I know, but discussion. that... that hit the fan last year summer i guess it was uh when it was discovered that a number of police services uh were were using it and not telling anybody that they were using it yes and in some cases they didn't know that their members were using it their members Mm -hmm. got offered free trial or whatever and and were using the database without the um you know without it being known by um you know by those those in commander and control so there there's you know there's no accountability there's no oversight there's no chain of command there's just it's just you know somebody could could take a surreptitious picture of somebody they think is attractive in a bar and run it through <laughs> run it through the facial recognition um service to see who it is and get uh, it, you know get it, that it, personal data there's no there was there was absolutely no uh evident oversight or control over how this would be used um so you know it's so problematic on so many levels. Who's using this information, or who wants this information? 
Well, facial recognition services, and this is the interesting thing. So initially, um, Clearview AI pitched it as a, a tool for law enforcement. Um, and so, you know, um, police services, and, and they, they made a lot, they got, they made a lot of uh, hay out of the fact that it could be used um, to uh, run images of uh, children who police forces were concerned had been caught up in or being exploited in pornography rings and whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and so it could help identify the children, which could lead to um, identifying the perpetrators and, and protecting the children. So, you know, vulnerable children always get used as, to, to, to soften people about these things. And that was one of their examples. Um, but it was, you know, it could also be used by police services to identify individuals. But of course, this is a business, this is a private sector company with an AI, a massive AI facial recognition database. And, you know, whether they're going to sell, sell access to police services or to security guards, um, mall cops, um, you know, and whether it's going to extend further to other private sector users, uh, who knows who, right? The potential list of clients, I mean, you know, is this a company that's going to turn away paying clients who want access to their facial recognition database? And, um, you know, it's not clear to me that, that, that they had or have such policies. So, you know, uh, potentially anybody could um, uh, use these kinds of services, and I think that's a concern as well. And we've seen, you know, I guess art imitating life. I mean, I'm sure a lot of us have seen movies about, you know, how this is used by spy agencies or police or whatever the case might be. You know, if they want to track where Jason Bourne is in Berlin, they get use facial recognition, <laughs> and boom, 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 there he is. He's at the train station. And, and that's fabulous. And you figure, well, that's Jason Bourne. He's a spy. Uh, but other agencies are using this, and, and I guess the question a lot of us have is, is why do you need that information? Uh, and, and, you know, I'm not offering it to you. I'm not giving it to you. I don't want you to know any of this stuff yet you know maybe do we let our guard down because we're living in a world right now with closed circuit cameras and and sharing of information and and where that information goes we don't know most of the time uh it's it seems as if you know we've we're, we're in the middle of a pandora's box right now we're not quite sure what to do about it no i think that's absolutely right and and it, it has become um overwhelming in terms of you know how information is collected from us and you know those of us with with cell phones sitting somewhere <laughs> as we're talking uh, who knows yeah. what the cell phones are collecting and communicating uh, what you know what they're collecting and communicating while we're sleeping people have all sorts of devices that are uh, collecting and communicating uh, information about them and their activities on an almost constant basis and and I think it becomes very hard to fully grasp um, just who is getting access to that information and what uses they're putting it to. And so, for example, many people uh, who post photographs on Facebook are doing so with the idea that they're sharing it with friends or family. And maybe they accept that someone who Googles their name might find their site and look at some of the photographs, but they may not be at all aware that, you know, that companies are just sending out um, essentially uh, robots to harvest these photographs to feed them into these databases that then get used by who knows who else to do uh, to, for for facial recognition activities and and so it's that extra, it's it's that being able to, to to just grasp you know how the information is being collected and accessed and used and shared you know once it's collected by a company shared with others um, this is um, this is very challenging and so you know it becomes the the job of, of data protection laws and data protection authorities to try and um, uh, set parameters and then maintain those parameters to ensure that individuals retain some autonomy and dignity when it comes to their personal information. Well, 
since we we are where we are right now, Doctor, how do you put the toothpaste back in the in the tube at this stage? I mean, because we, we we've pretty much given our permission for so many other things. I mean, you know, I I, I remember the big debate about closed circuit TV cameras some years ago, and and to your point about how they always use you know children that are in peril as as a rationalization for it. Of course, the the example that everybody referred to was uh, the two young kids, of course, that were abducted and killed in London, or just outside of London, I guess it was, uh, so many years ago, and they tracked them on CCTV and, and just about all their motions and said, see, this can be an effective police tool, and it can yeah. be, mm-hmm. and this can be an effective police tool, and we've seen that happen, and even, like I say, with the cop show, uh, and I don't know that too many people are worried about that. It's the abuses of the system that I think we need to, to talk about. Right, and certainly, well, <laughs> the abuses of the system, and so there's, you know, there, there is the question of, you know, who's building the system and how are they building it, because there can be abuse built into how the system is built, and I think that's one of the issues in, in, in this particular case. Um, and then there's who's using it and what, what are the parameters and, and uh, what's the oversight and the transparency. And again, in this case, um, you know, if you look at, uh, and, and there are, um, the commissioners are also investigating complaints against police services in terms of how they adopted and used Clearview AI technologies, and we'll be seeing those eventually. But, you know, so, so there are those dimensions to it. So it's not necessarily to say that technology can't be a useful tool to addressing some of these problems, but it very much is, you know, how do we do this in an ethical and appropriate way? And so data protection laws are trying to deal with the you know, with, with those issues when it comes to the collection and use of personal information. Uh, there's a lot of discussion around ethical AI and how to design and implement ethical AI and how governments, uh, what, you know, what guidelines or parameters should, should governments follow when they're adopting and implementing AI systems. And, and so, you know, these are the discussions right now. It's sort of how do we make sure that if we're going to use these technologies, that we're using them in an ethical and appropriate way. And sometimes a technological solution may simply not be worth it because the, the risks and the harms are simply too great. And, and so these are, these are really some of the big challenges for our society right now is, is how do we, you know, how do we do this properly? Um, and, and one of the problems we have is that we've let, you know, from the start of, from the, the early days of e-commerce, we've sort of uh, adopted this approach of, well, we don't want to stifle innovation, so let them innovate and do all these things and do all the, you know, engage in all of these things. And then after the fact, when we start to see problems, then we'll try to fix it. And we're realizing now that it's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to put the genie back in the bottle. Um, and so that maybe we do need to have um, uh, greater regulation, more upfront gu- guidelines, stricter controls on the development and adoption of technology so that it serves us and doesn't turn us into, you know, its um, servants, essentially. Well, and to your point, I, mean, I, I referenced the uh, the lawyer uh, from uh, Clearview at the beginning of this. It says, what's the big deal? You know, we're all on social media now anyway. Uh, you know, what's the harm in this? And, and the fact is, is when the story broke last summer about some police services, and as you mentioned, uh, Doctor, some pol- individual officers were using the system, uh, how quickly they said, yeah, well, we're not doing it anymore. You know, in other words, they, they knew that, oh, oops, we got caught with our hand in the cookie jar here. Uh, we're going to stop right away. N- none, of them, none of them defended it and said, wow, what's the matter? Uh, you know, they, they know that, that this is a, a very shady area right now. Well, absolutely. And, and you know, with these kinds of technologies, the, you know, there, there are enough issues around um, 
uh, bias and discrimination uh, with AI um, and the error rate with AI. There are enough concerns about the reliability of this technology and the potential for harm of this technology. And when you combine that with the very real concerns uh, that many communities have uh, in you know, in Canada and North America, around the world, about over-policing and uh, inappropriate policing, um, the thought of letting these technologies be adopted and used without any accountability, any transparency, any oversight or control is just shocking. <laughs> There's no other word for it. It's absolutely shocking. I mean, you know, maybe it's a useful tool, but this is not how you determine it and not how you use it. <laughs> Exactly. Well, we'll see how they respond to this. Uh, not going away anytime soon. Doctor, thank you so much. Great to get your expertise on this. I appreciate your time today. You're very welcome. Take care. Dr. Teresa Skaza from uh, University of Ottawa. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.